Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, esteemed family. Depending on wherever you are connecting from at this moment, I welcome everyone to another session of the Inspired by the Word Global Time of Devotion with the Lord and with ourselves as brethren. Thank you, dear esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity to take this session of intercessory prayer. God bless you, ma. Esteemed family, right now we'll be praying for the security agencies and military bodies and personnel of nations of the world. Esteemed family, today we are interceding specially for the total deliverance of security of nations of the world from every threat, from every manipulation of World Economic Forum. We are declaring today that the, the WEF has no right has no authority, has no capacity to gather, be it political, economic, and intelligence of nation, using it to manipulate nation, using it to force nation into loans, using it to manipulate the inflation in nations. Today, we are praying that these acts of wickedness will not force nation, will not destabilize the security of nations, that citizens of nations are safe because the Lord is the one who is watching over them. Esteemed family, we're going to decree and declare according to the scriptures in Jeremiah 49 verse 16 that the horror that WEF inspires on nation, turning presidents to weak men, manipulating presidents, that the horror that they perceive in their hearts, the pride that they lay in money and the pittance that they give to nation to manipulate their, to manipulate the security, the intelligence, to manipulate the economy of nations, that these things are plucked down today by the spirit of God, that God, he is the one who goes to the very heights of hills where these men and women are hiding themselves and he brings them down and shatter their agendas in the name of Jesus, esteemed family, wherever you are, unmute your mic and begin to decree and declare that the security of nations are safe, not to be manipulated, not to be used as instruments against, 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 against nations that we go pray that there is no unimitarization of nation securities. We are not going to have one single security that all over the world that will be easy for people, for, for the deep state to manipulate nations. Decree and declare. Are they coming in front of the CIA? Are they using the Interpol? However they are doing it, decree that these forces of darkness today, they cease to exist. Unmute your mic and begin to intercede. Thank you. 
Oh, thank you, loving Father. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, oh God, because across the nations of the world, you are raising men, men who are bold and courageous. Men who put the interest of their people first. Men who are bold, men with authority based on who know the length and breadth of the authority they have in Christ. Men who will not sell out the security of their nations. Men, the men that will not sell out, that will not sell out, oh God. Father, oh God, we decree today that citizens of nations are safe. Citizens of nations are safe because the security of their nations are safe. Father, oh God, no more, no more will it even be our leaders who are selling us out just to get loans, just to have access, just to have access to demonic economic plans of God. Men who are not selling out, who are not trading, who are not batching, who are not profiting. 
Sharabaya, Mako Zente, Ente, Ente, Malako, Bayizazama Sunte, Yebaya. Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you, oh God, Malako Zemaya, for everyone in the military security agencies of nations of the world. Father, oh God, oh, Mayema Sunte, Likabaya, we declare that these men are safe. They are safe, oh God. They are not even so up that they are leaders. Father, oh God, we decree that they are safe. They are safe, oh God. We come against every vice, every strategy, every agenda. Malako Zatayema, for one world policing. In Dalima Sunte, from the very depths of hell where these ideas are emanating from. Father, oh God, we shut them down. We shut it down. We shut it down and send it back in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, King of glory. Thank you, loving Father, for we are saved by your power. Oh, by your spirit. Oh, we are not dependent on any man. We are not dependent on any presidency. Oh, God, we are not dependent on any military. We are not dependent on any security agent. Oh God, we are dependent on you and we are safe in you. Oh, Baya, in you we live. Move and have our being. Oh, my Yekeba Libaya. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Esteemed family, I hope wherever you are, you're praying. Pastor told us, Yesterday, among the final instructions he gave us, he said that when you pray, know that you're making an impact in the realm of the spirits. You know, Pastor, Pastor, you know, said something phenomenal yesterday. He, 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 he spoke with this scripture in Ezekiel 36. Even all the blessings in Ezekiel 36, it still came down to Ezekiel 37, and he repeated and said that God, even though he has promised us and said that the house of Israel must pray it to him, they must say it to his hearing, then he will do it. Though we know and the inheritance we have in Christ, we must pray it to the Father, and we will see him come to, you know, come true for us. So wherever you are in this next session of prayer, Oh, Liba Shunte Lebaya, Makato Masunte, you will not cease to pray. You will not keep silent. We are praying today for the country of Finland who will be having her elections. Iba Baba Baba, Malabo Shana Masune Mo Shana Maya, Balako Zema Shunte, Iba Sunte, Ibala. Finland will be having her election on 2nd of April. She will be uh, um, electing a new parliament. And this parliament will determine the fate of European Council member and Prime Minister. Finland is an European Union in a country in the Europe, surrounded by Norway, Sweden, and Russia. You know that according to statistics, everyone will tell you that Finland is a good place to be, crime rate is low, economy is good. But one thing, that we prayed for last year when we were praying for Finland is that the gospel of Christ engulf every part of that nation. There was, you know, the fear of the Lord is so low. The right, the LGBTQ right, homosexuality, you know, a phasing, these things are so highly glorified in Finland until we prayed for Finland last year. To this year, today, we are praying that this new 
parliamentary elections that we hold. That men who will come into power to write policies that will start to infect these prayers that we made last year, that they will come. Because this is an opportunity for these seeds that we sowed, we, 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 we sowed in Finland last year to come into full vegetation. 30 parliamentary seats. Imagine when 30 righteous men rise to power in Finland and decree now and now start implementing policies that will exalt the causes of the gospel and the kingdom of God. Would there still be one single atheist left in Finland? Pastor said yesterday, they are great leaders and they are weak leaders. As we pray today, we are praying that great leaders emerge in Finland. Wherever you are, omit your mind and begin to intercede that the 30 parliamentary seats in Finland are occupied by righteous men. Righteous men are exalted that the gospel, the gospel goes into Finland. Free course unhindered. Open your mind, your, your mic right now. Unmute them and begin to intercede. Ba 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 
Father God, we decree and declare. Come second of April in Taye Balaze Mo Site Mako Ni Mayeke Balibo Zamaya Le Barakate Mashunte in Taye Bayezente Zibalako Yeke Baka Zema Ziza Bale Mako Lima Yebase Zemase in Tayeke Makoso Father the names of these ones they come into power this righteous man you have all chosen Makabasunte they bring Finland into a new realm into a new dimension O oh God, Father, we decree, O oh God, from these parliamentary elections, O oh God, men who will fight for the cause of the gospel, oh Makabaya, they come into power. Men who will bring prayers back to the classrooms, they come into power. Men who will bring the Bible out again to the public places, they come into power. Men who will bring the Bible back to the courtrooms, they come into power. Men who will not inhibit the cause of the gospel, they come into power. Father, we decree today in the name of Jesus. Finland comes out of the closet of atheism. In the name of Jesus, they do not glory in the mere works of men. They do not glory in their own 
accomplishment, but they see God in everything that they do. In the name of Jesus, we unleash the spirit of salvation in Tayeva Sunte, Makoba Sunte, all over Finland, all over Finnish people. In the name of Jesus, Makababa, we decree and we declare. Oh, Bayabo Sabaya, second of April, Mayeke Baya, we speak to you. Everything works together for the Finnish people. On that day, in the name of Jesus, we cut off every international interest, every international interest, every international manipulation of the Finnish parliamentary elections. In the name of Jesus, Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' matchless name, we have prayed. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, dear esteemed family, for being part of today's intercessory prayer. We have taken Finland for Christ. We, we have made declarations today, and we see them coming to pass. Come 2nd of April, Finland will not remain the same. This will be the most extraordinary election to ever be recorded in their history. They come into a season of bold leaders, leaders that will not succumb to the manipulation of the deep states. Finland discussing a stay in the world. And remember, it is because you prayed. You made this impact. Go and rejoice, 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 for the Lord has done it. Thank you, dear esteemed sister Maka, for the opportunity, ma, to take this session of prayers. I will now hand over to dear esteemed sister Abigail, who will take us in the worship session. Over to you, dear esteemed sis. God bless you, ma. Fab of principalities, fab of power, fab of the rule of darkness. That's how powerful your name is. Faster than the speed of thought, beyond solutions the mind can imagine, literally, candidly, that's how powerful your name is. Fab of principalities, fab of all powers, Beyond solutions, the mind can imagine. Literally, can do. 
faithfulness, but your name, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus, whatever we bind on earth is bound in your name. Lord, no other name was given to us but your name lord jesus oh lord jesus whatever we lose on earth is lost in your name Unrivaled authority in all the universe is vested in your name, Lord Jesus. Salvation and glory, the greatest power, are wrapped up in your name. Lord Jesus is vested in your name, Lord Jesus. Salvation and glory, the greatest power are wrapped up in your name, Lord Jesus. Unrivaled authority in all Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer and of worship. We give you praise in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, esteemed family. Welcome to another time of devotion. Thank you so much, esteemed Dr. Kelvin Harris, esteemed sister Abigail, for the time of intercession and the time of worship. The Lord is gracious and he is kind. Is yet another time of fellowship and the Lord is molding the blocks of our lives, block upon block, brick upon brick. We are being built up. Christ, our life, is the title of today's devotional article. Today is Friday, 13th of January, 2023. Christ, our life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. 
and Christ who is our life shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Colossians 3 and verse 4. Christ is our life, blessed be God. Just the thought causes the power of God to cause through my being. We are not ordinary. We are not ordinary. Pastor said this in yesterday's message so many times. We are not ordinary. When you received Christ, something actually transpired. The life and nature of God was impacted to your spirit. You no longer have the human life. You have the Christ life, the divine life. This was the Apostle Paul's summation when he declared, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2 and verse 20. What an overwhelming, deep-seated conviction. Paul referenced the same thought in Colossians 3 and verse 10 when he said that as new creations were put on the new man who been renewed in knowledge after the image of Christ who's been renewed in knowledge after the image of Christ. In other words, the more you learn about him and experience him in knowledge, the more he's expressed in and through you. That's Christian growth. When the knowledge of the divine life in you sinks into your spirit through meditation, it becomes your constant consciousness. When the knowledge of the divine life in you sinks into your spirit, through meditation, it becomes your constant consciousness. It becomes your practice, experience, and way of life. How could anything go wrong with your liver? How could anything go wrong with your heart? How could anything go wrong with your kidney when Christ is your life? The Bible says if Christ is in you, even if your body were dead or ravaged by sickness or disease because of sin, the Spirit gives its life because of righteousness. The life and nature of God in you, hallelujah. Romans 8 and verse 10. The depraved, defeated, destroyed and broken human life has been supplanted by the Christ life, the divine life of righteousness, honor, peace and glory. Glory to God, hallelujah. You know, as I read today's devotional article, what really comes to mind is yesterday's message. How many of us listened to the message yesterday, growing in the word? Growing in the word. There were striking statements that pastor said in that message. And he was talking about that man who has come to know who he is in Christ. That one is not waiting for God to walk a miracle. That one is not waiting for God to do something. Pastor made a statement. Say, you are waiting for God to do something. God is waiting for you to do something. Pastor read from Exodus 14 and from verse 13 into 14. You know, Moses had told the children of Israel, Stand ye this day, don't be afraid. Stand ye this day, and you shall see the salvation of the Lord. And you know, many of us quote that scripture. But God did not did not um, um, endorse that stand ye and see the salvation of the Lord. 
God actually asked Moses, Moses, what are you doing praying to me? Do something. He said they should stand and let God do something so that they will see the salvation of the Lord. And God was telling Moses, you do something. And you know, um, Pastor said how that God wants us to be partners. But you know, you know how amazing it is. It reminded me of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When Pastor was talking about, um, I think it was seven things the Holy Spirit would do for you, right? And he was saying that he's not the one that, um, that follows us behind passively without doing anything. He said he's active. When we get into trouble, he's inside the trouble with us. Not quiet and just waiting for us to, and just watching us to go through it alone. He's actively there fighting with us, fighting for us. And did you notice that as soon as Moses lifted up his rod, as the Lord said of him, as soon as he rose to divide the sea, did you notice that God went into action? Because the east winds that was talked about came from God. Actually, that's the spirit of God. That's one of the manifestations of the spirit of God in the Old Testament. So when you take the step, your partner actively steps out with you. You are not alone. But he needs you to take this step. Um, when I was talking yesterday and I said um, 28 days for those who were at the book reading, 28 days of us proving the word of God, 28 days of rotting miracles. That message yesterday actually substantiates many of the things I was trying to say. See, some of you are waiting for the Lord to perform a miracle. The Lord is waiting for you to perform a miracle. You know, um, we need to come up here to that place where, you know, um, you're talking to a Christian sister or a Christian brother. I say, I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord for a miracle. I'm trusting the Lord for a miracle. <laughs> that miracle will not happen. It's, it's babes, it's babes that talk like that. When you come up to maturity, you know that you are not trusting the Lord for a miracle. You are the one walking the miracle. I remember um, when there's no change as yet. I don't know how many of you remember that message, when there's no change as yet. And pastor said, God is not aware that you cannot have a child. <laughs> God is not aware that you are barren. God is not aware that you cannot get a job. God is not aware that you are sick. <laughs> because the you that he created is whole. The body he gave you can carry a child to full term. He's not aware of those doctor's reports. He's not aware. He's actually waiting for you to do something about it. So the 28 days that we say we want to work miracles, you know, God is excited. He's excited at all the testimonies that are going to come out 
say, my daughter did that. My son did that. And in that message, when there's no change at yet, Pastor said, for every time that you do that, you wrought miracles with your faith, you pass that test. They say you are promoted in the realm of the spirit. So it means that this fight of faith that we have determined to do in the next 28 days, it will come with promotion. When you win, you are promoted. When you win, you are promoted. He said, when the knowledge of the divine life in you sinks into your spirit through meditation, it becomes your constant consciousness. It becomes your practice, your experience, and way of life. So I said that some of you may be helped in the next 28 days. You want to change the doctor's report. Some of you, you want to change your blood group. Or what do you call it? From SS, you want to change it. Your genotype, right? You want to change your genotype. You grew up as SS and you've had a lot of crisis. That's what you want to do this next 28 days. Take it up. And I want you to, I want you to, I want you, I want you to dear, dear yourself. That message yesterday, go back and listen to it for those of you who have not listened to it. Um, I, you know, yesterday when I was listening to the message, I'm like, ah, if Pastor himself listens to this message, uh, in fact, you'll be more determined to deal with the deep state. <laughs> This, the message is sweet. It's a message of uh, that 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 you should listen to when you want to go to war, to encourage you for war. Glory to God, brothers and sisters. We're in a war, but it's a beautiful war because before the war came into action, we were declared the winners. That's what it means to be more than victorious, more than conquerors. We entered into victory. We came to possess the victory. So don't car. We don't submit. We don't retreat. Hey, <laughs> now we they run them. So brothers and sisters, make up your mind that you would live out the Christ life to the full. You will have tremendous testimonies in 2023 because Christ is your life. Christ is your life. If you meditate on Christ is your life, if you meditate on it, the life that you live, if it, it is, if, if it really is Christ, cancer cannot stay in that body. I'm going to hand over to esteemed Pastor Wayne for this next segment, and I'll be back later. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, esteemed Stamaka, for the Rhapsody of Friday segment. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on where you are connecting from. We are going over to the Bible study segment for today's devotion, and I'll start with the further studies of the Rhapsody of Realities. Colossians 1, 26. Even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints, to whom God would grant known what the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 3.3, for you are dead and your life is hidden Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him in glory. Romans chapter 8, 
But if Christ is in you, although this body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Glory to God. Let's take the confession together. Christ is my life. Christ is my self-righteousness. Christ is my wisdom. Christ is my all. Christ to me is the hope of glory. Today, I fully express the essence of my divine nature, imparting my word with the righteousness, honor, peace, and dominion of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going over to New Testament reading for today's devotion. Today, we are still in the book of Matthew. Today, we'll be learning how to win souls. Praise God. Hmm. Hallelujah. Caption, the 12 harvest hands. The prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Previously, Jesus told the disciples to pray for a harvest. Praise God. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe field. He gave them power to kick out the evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. This is the list of the 12 he sent. Simon, they call him Peter or Rock. Andrew, his brother. James, Zebedee's son. John, his brother. Philip, Bartholomew. Thomas, Matthew, the taxman. James, son of Athos. Tedus. Simon the Canaanites, Judas Iscariot, who turned, who later turned on him. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off places to convert unbelievers. Don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them, that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Nine, don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. Hallelujah. All you need to keep that going is three meals a day. Travel lights. When you enter a town or village, don't insist on staying in a luxury inn. Get a modest place with some modest people and be content there until you leave. When you knock on the door, be cautious in, let, in your greeting. If they welcome you, be gentle in your conversation. If they don't welcome you, quietly withdraw. Don't make a scene. Shrug your shoulders and be on your way. You can be sure that on judgment day, there will be mighty sorry, but it's no concern of yours now. 16, stay alert. This is had, had hazardous work. I'm assigning you. 
you are going to be like sheep running through a wolf pack. So don't call attention to yourselves. Be as shrewd as a snake, inoffensive as a dove. Don't be naive. Some people will question your motives. Others will smear your reputation just because you believe in me. Don't be upset when they haul you before the civil authorities without knowing it. They have done you and me a favor, giving you a platform for preaching the kingdom news. And don't worry about what you will say or how you will say it. The right words will be there. The spirit of your father will supply the words. When you realize it's the living God you are, you are presenting and not some idol, that makes them feel good. Sorry, I'll take that again. When people realize it is the living God you are presenting and not some idol, that makes them feel good. They are going to turn on you. Even people in your own family, there is a great irony here. Proclaiming so much love, experiencing so much hate, do not, but don't quit. Don't cave in. It's all well worth it in the end. It's not success you are after in such times, but survivor. Be survivors. Before you run out of options, the son of man would have arrived. Praise God. A student doesn't get a better dex than her teacher. Just a moment, please. I think that's the end of today's New Testament reading. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, esteemed Stamaka, for the opportunity. Do have a prolific day, everybody. God bless you. Praise God. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Thank you so much, Pastor Nye. Thank you for that beautiful read. I know the feeling was speaking you as we are reading. So you wanted to continue. Thank you, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. So good morning, everyone, once again. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 31 to 33. Thank you, my beloved brother Martin, for helping us to speak the scriptures on the screen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 1, Jacob learned that Laban's sons were talking behind his back. Jacob used... Okay, so um, before I continue, let me just tell us a summary of what we are reading today. Today we'll be looking at how Jacob flee from uh, Laban and um, the touching story of how Jacob prepared to meet Esau and how Jacob and Esau made peace. So today, as we read, you see a lot of strategies that you can apply in your own personal life preschool. So verse one, Jacob learned that Laban's sons were talking behind his back. Jacob has used our father's wealth to make himself rich at our father's expense. At the same time, Jacob noticed that Laban had changed towards him. He wasn't treating him the same. That is when God said to Jacob, go back home where you were born. 
I'll go with you. Hmm. So Jacob sent word for Rachel and Leah to meet him out in the field where his flocks were. He said, I noticed that your father has changed towards me. He doesn't treat me the same as before, but the God of my father hasn't changed. He's still with me. Hallelujah. You know how hard I've worked for your father. Still, your father has cheated me over and over, changing my wages time and again. But God never lets him really hurt me. If he said your wages will consist of speckled animals, the whole flock would start having speckled lambs and kids. And if he said from now on your wages will be strict animals, the whole flock would have strict ones. Over and over, God used your father's livestock to reward me. Once, while the flocks were meeting, I had a dream and saw the billy goats, all of them strict, speckled, and mottled, mounting their mates in the dream. An angel of God called out to me, Jacob. I said, yes. He said, watch closely. Notice that all the goats in the flock that are mating are strict, speckled, and mottled. I know that I know what Laban's been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel where you consecrated a pillar and made a vow to me. Now be on your way. Get out of this place. Go home to your birthplace. Rachel and Leah said, Has he treated us any better? Aren't we treated worse than outsiders? All he wanted was the money he got from selling us. And he has spent all that. Any wealth that God has seen fit to return to us from our father is justly us and our, and our children. Go ahead, do what God told you. And Jacob did it. He put his children and his wives on camels and gathered all his livestock and everything he had gotten, everything acquired in Padanara, to go back home to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Laban was off sharing sheep. Rachel stole her father's household gods. Hmm. And Jacob had concealed his plans so well that Laban, the Aramean, had no idea what was going on. It was totally in the dark. Jacob got away with everything he had and was soon across the Euphrates, headed for the new country of Gideon. <laughs> there was a conversation I was fortunate to come across yesterday. And they were asking, why Rachel, why was Rachel not buried with Jacob in their father's tomb. And now I'm seeing this because she was buried, she died on the way and was buried. So I'm seeing this now, I'm saying maybe this is the reason. Rachel stole her father's household books. Why would she do that? Anyway, let's continue verse 22. Three days later, Laban got the news. Jacob's runoff. Laban rounded of his relatives and chased after him. Seven days later, they caught up with him in the hill country of Gideon. That night, God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream and said, be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. Hmm. <laughs> when Laban reached him, Jacob's tents were pitched in the Gilead mountains. Laban pitched his tents there too. What do you mean, said Laban, by keeping me in the dark and sneaking off Calling my daughters off like prisoners of war. Why did you run off like a thief in the night? Why didn't you tell me? Why? I would have sent you off with a great celebration. 
music, timbrous flutes. They wouldn't permit me so much as a kiss for my daughters and grandchildren. It was a stupid thing for you to do. If I had a mind to, I could destroy you right now. But the God of your father spoke to me last night. Be careful what you do to Jacob, whether good or bad. I understand. You left because you were homesick. Why did you steal my household gods? Jacob answered Laban. I was afraid. I thought you would take your daughters away from me by brute force. But as far as your gods are concerned, if you find that anybody here has them, that person dies. A lot of us watching, look around. If you find anything here that belongs to you, take it. Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. Laban went through Jacob's tents, Leah's tents, and the tents of the two maids, but they didn't pay. He went from Leah's tent to Rachel's, but Rachel had taken the household doors, put them inside a camel cushion, and was sitting on them. When Laban had gone through the tent, searching high and low, without finding anything, just said to her, Don't think I'm being disrespectful, my master, that I can't stand before you, but I'm having my period. Ah! So even though he turned the place upside down, in his search, he didn't find the house report. It was Jacob's turn to get angry. He leads into Laban. <laughs> uh, he tore into him. So what's my crime? What wrong have I done? What wrong have I done you that you badger me like this? You've ransacked this place. Have you turned up a single thing that is yours? Let's see it. Display the evidence. Our two families can be the jury and decide between us. In the 20 years I've worked for you, eels and she-goats never miscarried. Yeah. I never feasted on the ramps from your flock. I never brought you a ton carcass killed by wild animals. But, that's, but that I paid for it out of my own pocket. Actually, you made me pay whether it was my fault or not. I was out in all kinds of weather, from torrid heat to freezing cold. Putting in many a sleepless night for 20 years. I have done this. I slept away 14 years for your two daughters and another six years for your food. And you changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not stuck with me, you would have sent me off penniless. But God saw the fix I was in and how hard I had worked. And last night rendered his verdict. Laban defended himself. The daughters are my daughters. The children are my children. The flock is my flock. Everything you see is mine. What can I do about my daughters or for the children they have had? So let's settle things between us. Make a covenant. God will be the witness between us. Jacob took a stone and set it up right as a pillar. Jacob called his family around. Get stones. He gathered stones and heaped them up and then ate there beside a pile of stones. He named it's in Aramaic, Yega Sahadutha, meaning witness monuments. It's amazing that whenever they want to make covenants, <laughs> they do it in a feast. They feast, that's how they, they, they agree. Anyway, continuing, Jacob echoed the name in, in Hebrew, Galid, witness monuments. Levan said, this monument of stones will be a witness beginning now between you and me. That's why it is called Galid. It is also called Mispa, watchtower. Because Levan said, God keep watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughter, 
lights or take other wires when there's no one around to see. God will see you and stand witness between us. They will continue to take this monument of stones, this stone pillar that I have set up is a witness, a witness that I won't cross this line to hurt you and you won't cross this line to hurt me. God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, God of their ancestors will keep things straight between us. They got promised, swearing by fear, the God of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered the sacrifice of the mountain and worshipped, calling in all his family members to the meal. <laughs> See, to the meal. They ate and slept that night on the mountain. The man got up early next morning, kissed his grandchildren and his daughters, blessed them, and they set off for home. Praise God forevermore. Okay, chapter 32. Hallelujah. And Jacob went his way. Angels of God met him. And Jacob saw them and said, Oh God, oh God's camp. And he named the place Mahanaim, campground. Then Jacob sent messengers on ahead to his brother Esau in the land of Seir in Edom. He instructed them, Tell my master Esau this a message from your servant Jacob. I've been staying with Laban and couldn't get away until now. I've acquired cattle and dogs. And sheep, also men and women. Servants, I'm telling you all this, my master, hoping for your approval. The messengers came back to Jacob and said, we talked to your brother Esau and he's on his way to meet you. But he has 400 men with him. <laughs> Verse 7, very funny. Mm -hmm. Jacob was scared, very scared. <laughs> oh my Lord. Panicked, he divided his people. Sheep, cattle, and camels into two camps. He thought... If Esau comes on the first camp and attacks it, the other camp has a chance to get away. And then Jacob prayed, God of my father, Abraham. God of my father, Isaac. God who told me, go back to your parents' homeland and I will treat you well. I don't deserve all the love and loyalty you have shown me. When I left here and crossed the Jordan, I only had the clothes on my back. And now look at me, two camps. Ayah. Save me, please, from the violence of my brother, my angry brother. I'm afraid he will come and attack us all, me, the mothers, and the children. You yourself said I will treat you well. I'll make your descendants like the sons of the sea, far too many to count. Oh, this reminds me of the 28 days fits walked away and back, you know. You take those scriptures, you use them. You use them. Those things that God has said in this world, you use them. Lagabashata. Verse 13. He slept the night there, and he prepared a present for his brother Esau from his possessions. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 eels and 20 rams, 30 camels with their nursing young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put a servant in charge of each herd and said, Go ahead of me and keep a healthy space between each herd. Each herd. Then he instructed the first one out. When my brother Esau comes close and asks, Who is your master? Where are you going? Who owns this? Answer him like this. Your servant Jacob, they are gifts to my master Esau. He is on his way. He gave the same instructions to the second servant and to the third. So each in turn, as they set out with their herd, say, your, say, your servant Jacob is on his way behind us. He thought, I will soften him up with this succession of gifts. 
<laughs> then when he sees me face to face, maybe he will be glad to welcome. Oh, he's a walk of faith. So his gifts went before him while he settled down for the night in the camp. But during the night, he got up and took his two wives, his two maidservants, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He got them safely across the brook along with all his possessions. But Jacob stayed behind by himself. Ah, yeah. Oh, and the man wrestled with him until daybreak. Remembering that message, prevailing prayer. Oh, when the man saw that he couldn't get the best of Jacob as he wrestled, he deliberately threw Jacob's hip out of joints. The man said, let me go. It is daybreak. Jacob said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. The man said, what is your name? He answered, Jacob. The man said, but no longer. Your name is no longer Jacob. From now on, it is Israel, God wrestler. You have wrestled with God and you have come through. Oh, you have wrestled with God and you have come through. Jacob asked, and what is your name? The man said, what do you want? Why do you want to know my name? And then right then and there, he blessed him. City. Jacob named the place Peniel, God's face, because he said, I saw God's face to face and lived to tell the story. Like, <laughs> oh, Shataka. He said, I saw God face to face and I live to tell the story because normally you can't see God face to face and live. <laughs> but he said, I saw God face to face and live to tell the story. Some came up as he left Peniel, limping because of his hip. This is why Israelites to this day don't eat the hip muscle because Jacob's hip was thrown out of joint. Oh, hallelujah. Now, last chapter of the day. Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. He divided the children between Leah and Rachel and the two maidservants. He put the maidservants out in front. <laughs> Leah and her children nest, Rachel and Joseph passed. He led the way. And as he approached his brother, bowed seven times, honoring his brother. But Esau ran up and embraced him. Held him tight and kissed him, Sakapaya, and they both wept. Then Jesus looked down and saw the women and children. And who are these with you? Jacob said, "The children that God saw fit to bless me with." Then the maidservants came up with their children and bowed. Then Leah and her children also bowed. And finally, Joseph and Rachel came up and bowed to Jesus. Jesus then asked, "And what was the meaning of all those hairs that I met? I was hoping that they would pave the way for my master to welcome me." Said Jacob. Jesus said, "Oh brother, I have plenty of everything. Keep what is yours for yourself." Jacob said, "Please, if you can find it in your heart to welcome me, accept these gifts. When I saw your face, it was as the face of God smiling on me. Ah, uh, yeah. Accept the gifts I've brought for you. God has been good to me. I have more than enough." Jacob. All the gifts on him, and Esau accepted. Then Esau said, Let's start out on our way. I'll take the lead. <laughs> Look at this verse, very funny. But Jacob said, My master can see that the children are frail, and the flocks and herds are nothing, making for slow going. If I push them too hard, even for a day, I'll lose them all. So, master, you go on ahead of your servants while I take it easy at the pace of my flocks <laughs> and children. I'll catch up with you and say, Jacob was still scared. Esau <laughs> said, let me at least lend you some of my men. He said, there's no need, said Jacob. Your generous welcome is all I need or want. So Esau set out that day and made his way back to say, and Jacob left for Sukkoth. 
he built a shelter for himself and sheds for his livestock. That's how the place came to be called Sukkot, sheds. And that's how it happened. And Jacob arrived all in one piece in Shechem, in the land of Canaan, all the way from Padan Aram. He camped near the city. He bought the land where he pitched his tent from the sons of Amok, the father of Shechem, paid a hundred silver coins for it. Then he built an altar there and named it El Elohim, Israel. Mighty is the God of Israel. Praise God forevermore. Thank you very much, everyone, and have a prolific day. Thank you so much, Justin John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. I'd like to say a very big thank you to the Stims Namaka for this wonderful privilege to take us through the communion segment of our meeting today. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. And thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for that Rhapsody of Reality session. Christ is my life. Praise God. Our text is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 23. Suba Kashiki Telidri. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you, this too, in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the bread that we break this day. It's the communion of the body of Christ. And as we break this bread, we declare that we are one with you, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Father. All to your reign and dominion, there is no end. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had stopped, saying, This cup is New Testament in my blood. This is you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the lost death till he come. Brothers and sisters, as you take this cup this morning, affirm that Christ is my life. Declare that Christ is my wisdom. Christ is my righteousness. Christ is my life. Christ is my wisdom. Christ is my righteousness. The Bible says, if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, him that raised Jesus from the dead shall vitalize your bodies. There is vitality in your being. There is vitality in your being in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your blood is cleansed. And now you don't live by blood again. But by the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead, you dwell, you live by the Holy Ghost. The pulsating presence of the Holy Ghost is at work in your being even now, from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Eternal life has gained ascendance in your being. No sickness, no infirmity can thrive by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I cause that pain, that pain that comes and goes in the stomach, that pain, I cause it now, you die and pass out. You die and pass out. You cannot stay in the name of the Lord Jesus. You cannot stay. Cobra looks to Paradilla. The pain in the ear that has caused a tingling sensation for some time, that pain is gone even now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you cannot stay. See Koburu Kontra Toski Shila Paradilla. 
all the pain on the hip, on the lower back, so pakashteli gross hofrati, zipoko salivratista. I cause you, you die and you pass out. Even now, arthritis is destroyed. Is destroyed. Is destroyed now. Yes, no pains on the on your joints, even on your knees. No pain anymore. It dies and it passes out by the power of the Holy Ghost, because the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Even now, even now, so pakasiti kibaratoria. Oh, shabilon does go frak last to parande. Say krunda sovratija la mandia. The painful menstruation stops now. Stops now. It stops now. Oh, the overflow of blood stops now. Never again. Never again. Never again. Never again. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Your menses will be perfect and normal. Normal. Four days is four days. Reiki bashakatalabaya. You will never have an overflow of blood anymore. Never again. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. The pain on the lower groin. That pain stops now. It stops now. I hear testicular torsion. It stops now by the power of the Holy Ghost. No more. See Kabashige Beregadi. Monklo Frati Agans Gedele Gradoria Pasta La Prektakida. Ragobo Shikabarandose Frotowski. Tarioskov Fratarioskov Fratunsa Pandekida. Yes, Christ is our life. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Christ is my life. Yes, I am conscious of this very thing. Christ is my life. Parakusaka Talabaturia. Yes, yes, yes. Perfection, perfection in the name of the Lord Jesus. Go ahead and take the cup now. So, Pakashata. Oh, Brindo Gori and Dija. Brindo Gori and Dija Lamanda. Zege Barak Takira Hakadei. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, we have testimonies in this house. Testimonies. Testimonies of your miraculous works. We give you praise, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Kalabayati. Oh, glory to God. Thank you so much, esteemed Stamaka, for this great privilege. And thank you to all our amazing co-hosts. At this point, I'll kindly hand over to the esteemed Pastor Deborah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Christ is my life. Christ is my life, hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Brother Martins. Glory to God, glory to God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Amaka. Right away, we are in the celebration segment. If today it's your birthday or the birthday of a loved one, quickly come into the chat room and let us celebrate with you. Also, if this is your first time of joining us, and inspired by the word global, kindly come in to the chat room. Let us know your full name, the state or city you're connected from if you're in Nigeria. If you're outside of the country, please let us know what nation and who invited you. We are delighted to have you here with us in the midst of friends, growing and inspiring one another in the work of faith. 
Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Someone says, I'm Sister Chinia SS. Today is my friend and colleague's birthday. Her name is Patience. Happy birthday to your colleague. Today is my excellent nephew's birthday. His name is Chukudalu from the same sister Rita. Happy birthday to your nephew. Glory to God. Okay. My name is Razido. Ratidos Mahazu. It's my birthday. Happy birthday. She's in the house. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, dear sister Ratido. Okay, sister answers. Today is my birthday. Wow. Okay. My okay, my sister's birthday. And her name is Ratidozo. I am I I I apologize. For the name <laughs> I pronounce it well. Give me a second. Then the this is the Mariam. Today is my my aunt's birthday. Her name is Matilde. Matilde, she turns 80 today. Wow. An amazing, amazing age. She turns 80. Glory to God. Okay. So Brother Benjamin says, I am Benjamin. Today is my first day and I was invited by Sister Precious Ehigiato. Wow, you're welcome. You're welcome. It's so lovely to have you with us. You're welcome. And this is like the first day of the rest of your life growing in the word of God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. Any more celebrations? Do we have any more celebrations? Any more first timers? God. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the celebrants today using Sister Atzido as a point of contact. We declare that they are blessed. in blessing and in multiplying they are multiplied the word of god prospers in them the spirit of god guides them in the way that they should go we thank you for his sister atizo who is here in the house pray that your word will pilot her life will propel her forward we strengthen and energize her in the path that you have planned for her. She would walk in those paths, prepare ahead, and do the good, do the good works which you prearranged for her, living the good life that you planned for her. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray for the tithers in the house. Say, bring you all the tithes into my storehouse that there may be food in my house and prove me here with if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing wherein there will not be enough room to contain. Blessings, blessings, blessings. And these blessings are working. They are working. They are working in their finances. They are working. Working in their bodies, working in their families, working on the jobs in those projects, 
working on the contracts, working in those business ideas, products and services, working, working. They are evident for the world to see that there is no one like you. Thank you, Father. We give you praise in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. So you send your tithes to your churches um, as we would do. Praise God. Um, Sister Peace Osage, if you're online, raise your hand. I would like you to share about Forsythia. Um, but I want you... I want, to, I want to bring to your attention, there are certain things that Pastor said in the message for two days ago. Two days ago, Living by the Word is about 18 minutes, 18 seconds. But there were so many things. And I want to bring your attention to it because it's something that many people do not realize as Christians. You know, some of you think that when we get to heaven, you know, it's a sweet by and by. So, you know, we'll just be in heaven and just be enjoying our life. We're not going to be jobless in heaven. I need you to know that the earth is a structure to show what would happen in heaven, what would happen in the life afterwards. The life afterwards would have cities, they would have towns, they would have nations, and they will have rulers. I remember talking to my, my cell members some years ago and I told them, I say all of you that are running away from responsibility because leadership is responsibility. I define leadership already in this house. Pastor said leadership. How many of you remember pastor's definition of leadership? Get it out. I'm not going to define it again. But leadership is literally responsibility. It is the ability to respond to people and their needs, to restore, respond to the situations around us, to make the world a better place. Now, our time on earth is a training ground. And I want you to listen to me very well because this can alter the course of your life. The time that we are on earth is a training ground. What you train for now that you are on earth will determine the life you will live in heaven. And I would explain. It's not enough to make heaven. We are not living to make heaven. We got the visa into heaven the day we bought, got born again. Um, if you got to the American embassy and you were given a visa to America, you will not be working so hard to make it into America. You already have the visa. The day you want to travel, you enter the plane and you travel except you lose your passport that has the visa before the day of the trip. That's the only thing that can stop you from traveling on that day. Except you also miss, miss the flight that is going to America and there's no other flight going. So the Christians that would not go to heaven are those who probably missed the rapture and it's only one flight. Those of you who travel, some of you, you have missed your flights before, right? But you could reschedule. Some of you rescheduled. But you remember that you paid costly for it. You paid dearly for it. When you miss your flight, you don't just get another flight. It will cost you something. But this time around, the flight to heaven is just one flight. There's just one first flight. There is the second flight, but 
what will happen between the first and the second flight, you, you are likely not going to miss, not going to get on the second flight. So this first flight is one flight. And the day you got born again, gave you your visa that gets that gets you into heaven that you are you have that visa you are just waiting for the flight and that's the first flight we are not living on earth to make heaven that's not the reason for our christian life that's not the reason we are doing all the things we are doing we're not trying to look good before god so that when the trumpet sounds we'll be we'll be we'll be raptured no that's not why the earth is a training ground. Let me say, read you some of the things that Pastor said in Living by the Word yesterday. He said, there are terrestrial bodies that are made for this earth and there are celestial bodies. If you listen to the message yesterday, you can um, affirm that I'm right. And Pastor was talking about how that on earth we eat food, you know. It was written from Matthew and he said, man shall not live by bread alone, you know, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then he was, he was actually quoting Deuteronomy 8 and verse 3. Then he said something very striking. He said, just as we eat in heaven, in, on earth, he said, in heaven, we will eat too, to nourish our celestial bodies. He said, we would, in, in our said, what are we going to be eating? He said, we would eat what our spirit needs. And he made a statement. He said, if we don't eat them, if we don't eat in heaven, we will see less. He said there are different kinds of food in heaven. He said they are the ones that when you eat, your understanding is increased. You see more of God's glory. Your vision is improved. Your hearing is increased. And he said, the less of the word of God that you have, the less your spiritual vision. The more of God's word that you receive into your spirit, the farther your spiritual vision. And this is where I'm coming to. And I want you to listen to me very well. This is what the spirit of God now told me. He now said, he said, Amarak, you said, you said, do you, you see this hunger that you people are staring in yourself? Nobody is putting a gun to your head and say, study the word. Nobody's forcing you to read a book. Nobody's forcing you to do projects in message a day. You are making up your mind. You are creating the time. You are sustaining this hunger, this spiritual hunger. Every day you are nursing it. Every day you are feeding it. He said you are, you are training yourself for the heavenly life. Because there are those who will be in heaven. They will not have the ability to hunger. Um, um, I don't know, let me not call this ability, the desire to hunger. You see, the you that you train here, you see that the way you wake up every morning and you tell yourself that today I'm listening to this message, today I'm reading the book of Proverbs, today I'm reading a chapter in this book. What are you doing? You are not seeing it. You are not seeing a desire for more of God, for more of God's word. You are, you are training yourself to have a hunger. There are some people who will make it to heaven, but we will not all be mates in heaven, just like we are not all mates on earth. You know, it, there's, 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 um, um, except for, for a man of God, there's not, there's not so much teaching about the life after the earth. So many of us are so focused on all the things we want to achieve here on earth, forgetting that the earth is a training ground for the life in heaven. If you did not train yourself to hunger for God's word on earth, you will not hunger for it in heaven. You will just be a gate man in heaven. 
there are those who will own houses in heaven. I hope you know. And there are those who will work for those who own houses. There are those who will own estates. And there are those who will live in those estates and work for them. There'll just be the joy that at least I made it to heaven. But there will be the regrets that I could have had a better life in heaven. Just so you know, the earth is a replica. <laughs> there are things that, the, that man has corrupted. But God who made the earth, it's a replica of what heaven would look like. You may not understand the things that I'm saying, but if you study your Bible, you find them. And I know that in the, in, in the time that brings us closer to the rapture, I know that our man of God will teach more about that life that we would live when we get to heaven. He's thought about some of them, um, about it, but he will bring them back to our remembrance. The life you live now is a training for the life you would live. Personal said something in that message. He said, always give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to build you up with the word of God. The more you study the word, the more he opens your mind. Then you can see more. Then you can live a higher life than the ordinary man. Then you are strengthened. Then you are encouraged. Then you are fortified in your spirit. Then you are energized and then you are propelled forward. What do you want in 2023? Yesterday, Pastor was talking about worldliness. And last year, do you remember in those five months, the Lord kept raising it with us. It looked like, it looked like this matter, would we not just allow it to rest? Many of you will say, I've come to break the table again. I wonder if I broke the table yesterday, how come the table is still alive the next day? The Lord kept raising many matters with us about the worldliness of many Christians. He spoke to us about the worldly music we play in our weddings, in our parties. He spoke to brides about the indecency of bridal gowns. Wedding gowns are now so indecent. He spoke to us about it. He talked to us about a lot of worldliness, things that we have allowed to creep into our lives as Christians. He was talking to us about it. If we listened, it shows. Because I'm not one to condemn, but you know, I'm usually amazed how I will still see a member of Inspired by the Word. <laughs> we will meet at a wedding. She's still decently dressed. It's your choice to hear the voice of God. It's your choice not to hear it. Our work is to remind you that God said it. Yesterday, Pastor talked about the worldliness. During IPPC, Pastor talked about this dressing thing. He talked about it during IPPC. Those who attended the International Things Pastors and Leaders Conference, Pastor talked about it. Those of you who were in the presidential choir from your different churches where you had to minister along with Pastor, you remember Pastor still addressed the dressing. There's nothing that God has raised with us here that he has not confirmed. But you see, even after pastor talks about it, there are those who would not do. But you, you know why? There are those who are dull of hearing. There's such a thing as being dull of hearing. They don't hear spiritually. It looks that like they are hearing, but they are not hearing. 
But you see, when you give yourself to the ministry of the word of God, your hearing is improved. He said, once has God spoken, twice have I heard. How many times do you hear when God is talking? When God is talking, can you hear even what he has not said from what he has said? Yesterday, Pastor talked about selfish Christianity, right? Do you remember? We were talking about, was it not yesterday morning? That from your prayer points, we can tell what are your priorities. <laughs> Whether you are selfish or not. Allow the Holy Spirit to raise you. And fight to nurse this hunger. <laughs> fight to build your life with the word. Fight to submit to the Holy Ghost. You know, Pastor said in one of his messages... One of the ways I, 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 I can judge Christian maturity is not in your title. Pastor said he was talking about leadership yesterday. He said it's not in the title. I'm not moved by people's title. I honor offices, but I'm not moved by titles. One of the ways you identify Christian maturity is often in dressing. And I'll explain why. Pastor said that there is a decency that comes with submitting to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit becomes your boss, there are certain things you will not wear. Because from the moment you are wearing it, you will say, baby, daughter, son, you cannot wear this. And you say, yes, boss. There's the Holy Spirit that is your boss. There's the Holy Spirit that is your friend. There's the Holy Spirit that is your father. As nice as your father can be, you know when your father says, would you get out from here and go and remove that clothes? But many of us didn't have parents who corrected us. Many of us had mothers who would watch us dress indecently, can't talk. And I, I say to brothers, I say to husbands, I say to fathers, it is, it is a shame for a husband not to be able to correct his wife, especially in this matter of dressing. It is a shame because God made you a leader and the, and the father of that house. Do you know what it means to be the head of the house? And he likened the family as the, he likened it, he said the man is the head of the house as Christ is the head of the church. God gave you authority in the home front because that's where the church starts from. Every nation is powered by the family setting. If the family is destroyed, the nation is destroyed. If fathers will rise up to the place of leadership in the homes, we will not have a messed up world as we have. And I tell you the truth. Charity, they say, begins at home. Many women cannot stay in their husband's house because they were not taught about their, they were not taught by their father. They were not raised by their father. They were not corrected by their mother. I said a few days ago, I said, blessed are you if you have a mother that can slap you to correct you. There is the rod of correction that changes the, lives of it, the life of a child. The Bible says, spare the rod and you spoil the child. He said the rod of correction will change his life. You see, um, some of you who live in the developed world, you, you say, and you know, in America, you don't beat a child. I hope you are seeing what America and the, de the so-called developed world is doing with the children, right? Pastor started talking to us from the days of COVID-19 and he was telling us about this, the, 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 the goal, the agenda to make children 
the possession, the property of the states. And it did not start today. It started with policies and laws. That law that said, I cannot slap my child that insulted me in the house. When did the Bible give the states the right to determine the training of children in the home? Many of you do not realize that's where the problem started. The pro I understand that there is, there is physical abuse. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Because there's a right way to beat a child. There's a wrong way to beat a child. But the first policies that the developed nation imp imp imputed into the system was refusing parents the right to discipline children. There's a way you talk to a child. A child can report you that you are being abusive with words. If your child does something and you flog the child out of discipline, something that the Bible endorses, they tell you that it is abuse and your child can report you and you can be jailed. That's the structure. Most of you, you leave your countries, you are running to America, you are running to Europe. Europe, for instance, the air in, the, in Europe, is a, there's a structure that has been determined through the years to ensure that nothing about this Jesus thrives. The structure, you know, they say, um, you know, in the developed world, the, 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 um, um, the economy, the, the, the people, the, the, the states, they are well developed, they are well structured. That structure was structured to take out God. And many of you, especially those of you in Europe, you can bear me witness. There is something about the air in Europe that makes you forget God if you are not careful. In a place like Africa, you turn everywhere, you are literally seeing a church. There's a, there's, a, there's a religiosity in the air in Africa, for instance. Religion is not Christianity, don't get me wrong. But there is something in the air that reminds you the, of the God factor. It's not there in Europe. It was institutionalized to take out God out of the system. You raise a child here, you send the child to the university. Thank God for ministries like ours, where we don't joke with believers love what campus ministry fellowship. They are everywhere and we do it. <laughs> Thank God for such structures. But in many cases, Thank God for the proliferation of the churches all around. But in many cases, it's not so. In many cases, you literally forget God. They will put you into your academics that you will forget God. They will put you into the job that you forget God. Working on Sunday is normal. In Nigeria, it is not normal to work on Sundays. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Abroad, it is normal. It was structured to take God out of the system. I don't have a problem with America. I don't have a problem with Europe. But I'm, I'm sounding a warning to many who are there. And many of you who are there, you know what I'm talking about. You have to fight for your salvation after you relocated. You have to fight. But many sleep. That's the end of their Christianity. They now raise children who are questioning whether they are male or female. Children that were born into Christian homes. Their parents didn't have enough strength. Pastor was talking about strong leaders, powerful leaders, wise leaders. They are not weak. They stand their ground. They don't retreat. They don't surrender. They don't submit. They don't conform. It's the word of the word. They do what is right. What kind of life are you building? You are a single lady now. You are a single guy. What are your priorities? 
What are your principles? What are your standards? What do you stand for? They say, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. What do you stand for? Make up your mind <laughs> that you will not live like the world. This world is not structured for godliness. And that's why we must rise above it. And in, you, you, you know, when, when you begin to follow celebrities on social media, they are not the ones that are your leaders. They are now your mentors. They are now your role models. You want to wear a wedding gown, you go and look for one, one celebrity, the gown that she wore on her wedding day. It broke the internet. That's the gown that you want. You want is indecent. It's indecent. Birthday shoots now, indecency everywhere. I saw one yesterday. I, 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 I didn't want to call. I said, is this this person? Is this this person? Is this what this person wore for birthday shoots? Has, have we gotten this? As in, you know, when you see some, some, some birthday photos, you literally freeze on your bed. But you see, um, uh, many of us have gone so worldly. We don't realize how far we have gone away from the kingdom. Pastor will say, if you marry a, 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 child, a, a, a man from hell, it meant that you yourself were on your way to hell. If you marry a woman from hell, you say, since I married this woman, my life has been a living hell. You that you found her and married her, if she's from hell, you found her on your way to hell. There are many Christians like that. Christians yet journey towards hell. The Bible says there's a way that seems right, but the end thereof is destruction. Worldliness, pastor raised it again. And I'm raising it with you again so that you will know that there is a warning in the realm of the spirit. The world will destroy itself this year. This is the year of decision for the world. And it is the year of decision for the Christians in the world because they are those who are of our kingdom, but they've journeyed, they are in the world. Come out, come out and stand out. We were meant to be light. We were not meant to be littered. The world is dark. They cannot be the ones leading us. We are light. We are the ones to lead the world. If we copy the world, we don't give the world the opportunity to be led. We're supposed to be the ones showing them how to live. They can't be the ones showing us how to live. Come out of your worldliness, says the spirit of God. Drop the things of the world. Then the last one I want to talk about is Big Brother Africa. Or is it Big Brother? Is it Africa? Is Africa, right? They have Big Brother in different countries. Ah, any Christian who can subscribe to it, any Christian that can watch it, I don't care the title they occupy in the church. They are on their way to hell. I don't understand how a Christian sits and watches from morning to night a program that endorses everything that Satan stands for. Please tell me one thing that is godly about Big Brother Africa. Tell me and show me from the scriptures. How did we want? Oh no! The, as in, and you know, it's the is the is the freedom to to put it up on social media to talk about it on our status, and we are Christians. Ah, God! Ah, ah! How did we get so worldly? How did we get so un ungodly that we have? conversations about big you know back in the days when people are doing evil things they hide to do it but this my generation does evil and, and trends it on social media how did we get there how did we get there you you child of god you that houses the holy spirit you can sit down and watch big brother then the one i saw recently is christians fighting to put their brands on big brother 
Ah, I will not give the devil an opportunity to advertise my business. I will not, I will not endorse a reality show of the devil because I want to promote my business. Let the I would rather that the business dies. We have to say what we stand for. We have to prove if we stand for God, if we stand for the devil. Many of us call ourselves Christians, but every day we endorse satanic realities. When you leave your wedding in church and you go to the reception and all the worldly music you play, you are, you are celebrating the devil. I hope you know. I hope you know that what you are doing in your wedding reception is a celebration of the devil. I hope you know. I hope you know that it's a worship of the devil and the devil wants worship. I hope you know. I hope you know. If you don't know, I'm telling you. You have your parties. All the songs are songs of worldly musicians. They were dedicated to devils, just in case you know. Go and, go and investigate some of them. They have shrines in their houses. I can call names of some of them in Nigeria. They have shrines. They are, they are members of cults. They will sing the song. You play it on your wedding. You were worshipping the devil, yet you were joined in church. And that's, that's the day your trouble started, from the very day you got married. That is the day some, some de demons entered your tummy and say you will not have a child. This thing I'm telling you, life is spiritual. It's not in what we see. It's not in what we see. Many of the dance steps that these musicians come out with, are you aware that they are dance steps that they used to worship the devil in their cults? Are you aware? Then you come, you know the lyrics of the song, you know the dance step, you dance it in your wedding, you and your friends, you have minded it the way you people will enter the reception. Ah, may the angels forgive you. May, the, may God forgive you. Let us assume that those were days of ignorance, but the Lord calls us to repentance. There should be nobody in this house that gets married again. Nobody in this house that plays one worldly song in their wedding. There should be no indecently dressed bride. There should be no one in this house that glorifies Satan in any of their parties. Because the watchers are watching. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, the watchers are watching. The watchers are watching. And I hope you know that there are certain things that angels don't need permission from God. They will take action. This is not that year. Rubbish will not be tolerated in our kingdom. And that is why it's a year of decision for the world. Because there are watchers who will take the decision, who will take the action based on decision. If they say yes, if they say no, an action will follow. There will be judgment. For every decision, the, the, the God will give one more opportunity in this year. I sound the alarm, I sound the warning. You might say my own is too much, but time will tell. I remember one communion service, I will not forget. And that was the day I, I, I told myself no return. He said, he said, it is better for your own to be too much than too little. And I made up my mind that day. I said, Pastor, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Anybody that says my own is too much is okay. My man of God has endorsed it too much. That too much has brought many of us to where we are today. So it is your life. If you will leave it for God, God is not your mate. He's advising you. You say you want to do it your own way, right? This year, there will be, there will be the separation. When you get the fruits of your decision, you will realize that you should have followed God's way. But the reason for the warning is because God loves you and he does not want you in that path. He doesn't want you destroyed. When he said there's a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. Do you think God wants to watch you get destroyed? No. 
It is out of love that he, he sounds the alarm. He sounds the warning. Come out. Stop it. Don't, don't go on that path anymore. Come out from it. The Bible says the one that God loves is correct. The one that God loves, he, chast he chastises. Would you hear the chastisement of the Lord? Would you listen to the correction of the Lord? In these little things about daily life, first change. And you will see whether some of the things you've been fighting for through the years will not change. You will see it. You will see it. There is no endorsement for nakedness. There is no endorsement for indecency. Go and check the scriptures. Nakedness was always attached to madness. Have you realized? Why is it that when a man gets mad, the first thing he does, he begins to take off his clothes. There is a spirit of madness that follows nakedness. So when you show up naked, you are, you are saying that I want the spirit of madness. I will end with this. If you forget anything I said, don't forget this. Many of you, it is your indecent dressing that attracted certain demons into your life. Some of you, your indecent dressing was the beginning of your multiple relationship. You have multiple sex partners. You are a Christian. You sing in church. You want to stop it. You cannot stop it. Stop the indecent dressing and you see whether the demon will not get out of you. There are some things that are not prayers. You walk out of them by action. These things are spiritual principles. They are things in the realm of the spirit. They attract and they, and they, and they, there's the opposite of attract. They, they, they dispel. There are things you do, they will attract demons. There are things you do, they will dispel demons. There are things you do, they will attract angels. There are things you will do, they will dispel angels. Our kingdom is run by principles, not by miracles. If you've been listening to pastor, God doesn't want to raise you up expecting miracles. He wants you to be the one performing miracles because miracles are for a sign for the world so that they might believe that our God is God. It's not for the children of God. Come up here, says the Spirit of God. Come up here. In two minutes, I want to say this. Talking about leaders. You know, a few days ago, I was talking about profanity and those who are profane. And I was talking about how that from your prayer points, we can tell your priorities. Now, the Bible says when we pray, God hears us. If you want a child and you pray, God will hear you. You want to get married, if you pray, God. I have friends who prayed and their husband showed up. I'm beautiful. We actually, the Bible tells us to pray about everything. So at some point we'll pray. But don't, those are not the thing, the focus of our prayers every day. But you see, if every day your prayer point is marriage, your prayer point is I want a child, your prayer point is I want a job, you will get the job, you will get the child. The Bible says God grants us the desires of our hearts. The desire of your heart will be granted you, but God cannot use you. And I would explain. If you look through the Bible, everybody that God used was passionate about others. They never wanted to live their life for themselves. Look at Moses. It was trying, he was trying to deliver the children of Israel when he killed somebody and they discovered him. That's what made him run out of Egypt. But God saw that desire to, to, to see the children of Israel saved. God took him to the wilderness, raised him, trained him, brought him back to Pharaoh. 
as God to Pharaoh and he delivered the children of Israel. God uses people who are passionate about others, people who are dead to self, people who live every day thinking of how they can make life better for, the, for other people. Look at Joseph, look at David. Look at David. Look at all the people that God used in the Bible. God uses leaders and leaders are passionate about others. They take responsibility for a better world. They take a responsibility for better people. So you can stay with your selfish prayers. God will answer you, you will have your miracle, but that's the best you can have. But if God is gonna to talk to you about this world, what he's doing, is God's gonna to talk to you about what's gonna happen in America in the next two weeks. If God's gonna to talk to you about what's happening in the kingdom, you, are, you cannot be selfish. So if you want God to use you, you have to die to self and be alive to God. Those are the people that God uses. And that's the end of today's devotion. Thank you for your time and thank you, esteemed co-host. I want us to omit our mics as we share the benediction and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the love of God. Beautiful